good morning everybody. I want to take just a second and just introduce our speaker today. I'm not going to call him a guest speaker because he's not a guest. He's part of the family here at Shiloh Church. He's one of my best friends and one of the overseers here at the church. He pastors a church called Home in Knoxville, Tennessee. So I want you, if you would, to give a warm welcome to Pastor Jason Creech. Love your pastor. Good morning, Shiloh. You guys are a good-looking group. You all clean up good on Sunday. Um, hey, let me do something real quick. Let me first say how grateful I am for your pastors, uh, David and Stacy. I love them. They're dear to me and my wife, Melissa's heart, and to all the folks at a church called home. I really feel like we're just one church, and I do believe that is the case, right? Globally, there is one church, right? Uh, we're going to have to like one another because we're going to spend forever in heaven with one another. So we might as well get used to each other, right? Look at your neighbor and say, I can tolerate you forever, I think. <laughs> right? Uh, but I love your pastor. I love Shiloh Church. I love what you guys do. Uh, some of you did not look at the neighbor beside of you, so we're going to pray God deals with you and you get saved and get born again before today's over. Uh, a shout out right now to a few different groups of people. Come on to our Tazewell campus. Come on, thank you guys. For all you do and for making a difference in Claiborne County. To all the ladies at the Claiborne County Detention Center, come on. We are a part of this family and so thank you for being a part of the Shiloh family. And to everybody watching online and all the different platforms, come on one more time. Thank you guys for being a part of the online family. So I know Pastor David's gone for a few weeks and so since he's taking a little bit of time to rest, I thought, hey, I think I might talk about rest. And so I want to pray real quick. Will you do that with me? Just stop right where you are, put your hand on your heart, and let's pray. So Father, I want to start by saying, first of all, I'll never be able to do this without your help. So I thank you, Lord, for trusting me with this opportunity and this group of people. I pray for their pastor that he feels revived, refreshed, replenished when these next few weeks are over and that he comes back with fresh fire and fresh vision. I pray blessings on him and Stacy and everything that's going on here at Shiloh Church. And, and right now, Lord, I ask that you speak to all of our hearts. Will you say this with me? Say, speak to me, Jesus. And the church said, amen. So today I want to talk to you about a key ingredient to living creative productive and refreshed. How many of you guys would love to live more creative, more productive, more refreshed? The, the key ingredient I want to talk to you about today is that ingredient, rest. And if I really had an opportunity to, to title today's message, I would title it, The Blessing and the Benefit of Rest. Let me point a couple of things out that I just came across this week. I recently read an article that said that the average American adult today processes in one day the same amount of information that a person 100 years ago would process in their entire lifetime. Now that's not a shock. I didn't hear anybody say, wow. It's because you and I both know that we are living in information overload. 
We are constantly fed data. I mean, we are stretched and stressed to the max. And the church said, Amen. You don't sound near as stretched as I do. The church said, Amen. Amen. That's what I thought. Let me show you another one. Recently, Forbes.com published an article stating that as many as one million people miss work every day in the United States due to stress or stress-related illnesses. This is estimated to cost employers $200 billion, with a B dollars every year in the United States. Let me give you one more. The National Center for Health says that Americans today are ingesting over 60,000 pounds of aspirin, antidepressants, and sleeping pills every single day in America. We are stressed and we are stretched. Uh, God created all of us equal in that he gave all of us 24 hours a day. Seven days a week. And so this week leading up to today, I did some research and here's what I concluded. If you average up, tally up all the hours that we spend in our life sleeping, hours at work, hours uh, we spend getting dressed, hours we spend in traffic. If you add all those hours up over the course of our life, this is what you get. You and I will spend on average 25 years of our life here sleeping. You will spend somewhere around 15 hours of your life, some as much as 20, working. You will spend two years of your life watching commercials. You will spend one year of your life stuck in traffic. Women will spend 17 years of their life on a diet. Now, I don't diet, and you can probably tell that. One of the one of the main reasons I don't diet is the first three letters spell the word die. I ain't got time for that, right? Get behind me, devil. <laughs> Women will spend three years of their life trying to figure out what to wear. And men will spend three years of their life looking at women. That's a whole other sermon for another day. I'll let Pastor David deal with that one. We are stressed and we are stretched to the max. Right now in my personal devotional time, I try to read through the Bible every year. It usually works like every year and a half. I'm on, I'm on the remedial Bible study reading plan. But right now in my Bible study time, in my personal life, I'm in the book of Hebrews. And the other day I came across a little piece of scripture that I want to start with today. And it's Hebrews chapter 4. Verse 11, I just want to give you this little nugget from this verse. It says, let us, this is an interesting phrase in my opinion. It says, let us labor, labor, let us work, therefore to enter into that rest. Let us work to rest. It's like an oxymoron, right? Let us labor, let us work to enter into that rest. I know that rest, that rest the Bible's talking about. Is for those of us who have received the grace of God in our life. And one day heaven is going to be our home and we will enter into our heavenly rest. Come on, if you've given your heart to Christ, say amen, right? Amen. I can't wait for that day. But I think that the principle applies in this life as well. I think the takeaway is we have to work rest into our schedule. 
because this is a stressful season in which to be alive. Now you might be thinking, well, I could rest if it wasn't for my work. And maybe you think it's your work that keeps you up. It's your work that keeps you tossing and turning through the night. If I didn't have my job, if I didn't have this career path, if I didn't, if I didn't work for, for this company with these people, I could rest better. If that's you, let me ask you to do something. I'm going to ask you to do several things today, but here's one of them. Uh, quit. Just quit. Just quit your job. And here's what's going to happen. Then you watch what happens in the next few weeks or the next few months, depending on how much money you have set aside. When you can't pay your house payment, you can't pay your insurance, you can't pay your car payment, you can't buy groceries, you can't buy utilities. See how much rest you get at that point. See, here's the point I'm trying to make. I think for a lot of us, our work is what we blame our lack of rest on, but I don't think our work is really to blame. I think it's the way we manage our time. It's the way we steward our time. If you were to read Psalm 90 today, Psalm 90 is a psalm, it's actually a prayer that Moses prayed. And in Psalm 90, verse... 12, Moses, Moses, let me remind you, Moses accomplished some things in his life, right? Wouldn't you agree? Brother got some stuff done. He delivered a whole nation of people out of slavery. Brought them to the outskirt of the promised land. Thank God for men of God like Moses. Notice, notice a prayer that Moses would pray. This is powerful if you sit and think about this. He said, Lord, teach us. Let's make it personal. He said, Lord, teach me to number my days. What he's really saying is, Lord, in this life, I want to accomplish as much as I possibly can. Help me to maximize the impact I have in this life. So help me to number my days. Here's the why. So that I might gain a heart of wisdom. Uh, several years ago, I was in a season where I was feeling incredibly stretched and stressed. And I got away to spend some time with the Lord and my thoughts. And I felt like the Lord spoke something to my heart. And this is what I sensed the Lord say to me. Jason, I've called you to be fruitful, not to be busy. Do you know you can be busy and not be fruitful? Ask a rocking horse. A rocking horse is busy, but it's not making any progress. The first commandment, the first commandment God gave to humanity, be fruitful and multiply. Like it's in your DNA to be blessed. It's in your DNA to prosper. Right? It's in your DNA to, to make a an impact in the world like only you can make. God's favor rests, right? Psalm 512, his favor goes before us like a shield. If you're a child of God, his favor rests on your life. And he, he desires that you be fruitful and increase. Multiplication is inside you. God put it there. But sometimes if the devil can't make us bad, he'll just make us busy. And the church said... 
Sometimes, I'm going to say that again, that might be worth taking notes. Let me remind you that the Bible does say 100% of the people who take notes in church go to heaven. You want to go to heaven, right? So take some notes. Sometimes if the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. And if he can keep you busy long enough, eventually, you might end up doing bad. Teach me to number my days. Here's another thing I would give you that might be worth taking Taking down. Your time is your life. And where your time goes, that's where your life goes as well. Will you say this with me? Will you put your hand, come on, at all the locations online as well. Will you put your hand on your heart and say, God, teach me. Come on, say it. God, teach me. Teach me to number my days. In Jesus' name. Uh, How do you do that? Uh, I'm glad you asked that question. That's really the question that I want to talk about today. How do you number your days? How do you maximize the impact that you make in this life? I'm going to give you three things that I would encourage you to consider doing. Number one, audit your time. Audit your time. Here's what I'm talking about when I say that. Steward your time like you would steward your money. You keep track of your money and where it goes, I hope. Well, you should do the same with your time. So I'm going to tell you how this works for me. And we have six employees at the church where, where I, I lead. And I'm grateful for all of them. And they accomplish incredible things. And I wouldn't trade anything for any of them. Ever now and then, we will all find ourselves in a season where we're not as productive as we are at other Times And so from time to time, I will ask our staff to do something. It's something that I do on a regular basis. I will, and everybody buckle up, don't eject on me, hang with me for a minute because I'm getting ready to ask you to do something for yourself, and I know what you're going to say before I ask the question. Here's what I will do for myself, and I ask our staff to do this from time to time. I say, I want you to take a week. The week coming up, I want you to take the week, and I want you to audit your time that week. I'm not asking you for me only. I'm asking you for you. So here's what I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you for seven days to keep a journal of everything you do from the time you wake up to the time you go to bed. Make a list of every task you do and how long it took you to do it. Now I know what you're thinking. I don't have time for that. And that's exactly why you need to do it. Because when you journal where your time is going, then you realize where your time is going. The older you get, come on people, help me. The older you get, don't you say, where has all the time? Man, I want to make the most. Time is so short. Somebody said, life's like a roll of toilet paper. It goes quicker the closer you get to the end. And I say amen to that, man. I'm 50 years old. How in the world is that possible? Somebody asked me before church, how's your kids doing? I said, I don't have kids. I used to have kids. I have grown people that frequent my house from time to time when they want something to eat, right? Or they need a little something here and there. Man, where where does the time go? Audit your time. Don't let your time control you. You control your time. Time. So for an entire week, look at where your time is going. Teach me 
to number my days. And then here's what you do after you audit your time. Then you adjust your time. Once you know where your time is going, you know when and where you need to make adjustments to maximize your time. Moses said it like this, teach me to number my days. And there was a why, right? Why? So that I can gain a heart of wisdom. So that I can maximize my chances and my advances in this life. How many of you guys know the name Truett Cathy, right? Everybody, I think most people, nobody. Okay, well, how many of you guys know Chick-fil-A, right? Okay, there you go. God's chicken. Jesus is chicken. Uh, Truett Cathy founded Chick-fil-A in 1946 in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, he made famous the chicken. It's a play along Sunday, people. The chicken sandwich. There you go. Chicken sandwich. Made famous the chicken sandwich. Everybody said, man, they, listen, chicken, chicken don't belong on a bun, brother. What are you thinking? That's not going to work. It worked. It's still working. And uh, then Truett Cathy, he had this other groundbreaking idea. He was, he was thinking one day, what if, what, if we, what if we made it possible where someone could pull up and wrap around the building and then we cut a hole in the side of the building and we could have people order and then pay and then receive their food and then drive away and never have to leave their vehicle. He called it a drive through Well, everybody in the business said, you're crazy. You can't eat and drive. That will never fly. Nobody's going to do that. I think the drive through has made it. Don't you think so? I think it's been a success, right? Now, if you live where I do, you just don't use certain drive throughs because they never get it right. But, but I heard at Haymaker... Uh, barbecue, they get it right no matter what you do. I don't know if you got a drive-through in remitting, but uh, I, I know I ate at Haymakers. I got to give my friend a shout out, man. I ate at Haymakers the other day, killing it, man. Come on, give it up for barbecue and God's chicken right there. I had to work that in. Um, the drive-through is a big success. And, and then he had this idea a few years later, he thought, what if. What if people could shop and eat? Like, what if you could get space in a shopping mall? And what if you made it possible for people and their family to take a break while they were shopping and eat? Well, he went all over Atlanta trying to secure a place to start what he called a food court. And malls laughed him off the property. And then this one mall, Greenbrier, in metro Atlanta, said, we'll, we'll lease you a hundred square feet of space and the food court was born I believe it was a success don't you think so now, now here's where I'm going with all of that one of the many lessons that Truett Cathy the founder of Chick-fil-a the founder of the drive-thru the founder of the food court the founder of the chicken sandwich one of the many lessons he left to his son Dan Cathy who's now the CEO is the value of stewarding your time well and working rest into your schedule. So here's what he would do. Once a week, during work hours, he would take half a day to go be alone with God and his thoughts. And it was during that time that he got a revelation for the chicken sandwich, for the drive through and for the food court. 
audit your time, adjust your time, labor therefore to enter into rest. Work rest into your schedule. And then here's the third one, assign your time. I mean, isn't it interesting that when you read the Gospels, Jesus is never running or short of breath or panting or red-faced. He's never late for a meeting. Now, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus might debate with us as to whether or not he was ever late, but he wasn't late according to his schedule. He let nothing dictate his time but him and him alone. I mean, isn't it funny how sometimes there's certain people that don't look at somebody beside of you, but let's just hypothetically say this. Isn't it funny how we all have some people in our life that they try to make their emergency your emergency all the time? But Jesus, even though he was Jesus and even though he was compassionate, right? And he loves us. He refused to let everybody's emergency be his emergency. He controlled his time. He was never barely getting there like, whoo, man, traffic today. I couldn't get my donkey started, man. I'm telling you, it was a rough morning, right? Not Jesus. Let me show you something in Mark chapter 6. Are y'all with me today? Mark 6, look at what the Bible says. Then the apostles gathered to Jesus and they told him all things. Man, they're excited. I mean, it's a buzz, man. I mean, man, you sent us out and, man, people are getting healed and delivered. And, man, we're preaching and people are believing. And, oh, it's exciting. Momentum is good. They come to Jesus and they tell him all things, both what they had done and what they had taught. Oh, God, help us. Speak to us right now. Then he said to them, Come aside by yourself to a deserted place and, and, come on, Tazewell Campus, come on, online, come on, ladies, and rest a while. Now, this is what I love. The Bible includes this next piece, which to me, this is, man, so, I'm so, aren't you grateful for the Word of God? Man, it speaks to us in every area of our life. For there were many people coming and going. And they didn't even have time to eat. Let me paraphrase what that says. The need was still there. That's what that's saying. The need is still there. The demand for their time was still there. People were coming. People were going. People with needs. People who needed to hear the message. People that needed to be healed. People that needed to be delivered. All the need was still there. Can I tell you the need will always be there. I mean even when it comes to finances. Jesus was rebuked one time. Because he let a lady anoint him with expensive oil. And Jesus said, the poor you're going to have with you always. Because somebody spoke up and said, we should have used this for the poor. And he said, the poor you're always going to have. Let me tell you something. The need for your time will always be there. But you and I have to work rest into our schedule. So they departed to a deserted place in a boat by themselves. I'm going to ask you to do something. 
Uh, inside your worship guide, there is a place where you can take notes. I'm going to ask you to flip that over to the blank side, and I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm going to ask you to actually get a pen out and write some things down. If, if, if you don't have a pen or you didn't get a worship guide, then, then right outside uh, on the information desk, there is a, a little sheet where you can do this later. But I'm going to ask you to take the next few seconds, and I'm going to ask you to write on the back side of that sheet, as quick as you can, all the things that suck the life out of you. Just, just take a, a couple seconds, just maybe it's, I'm just going to give you a couple things to possibly think, family, kids' extracurricular activities, I remember what soccer and t-ball and Basketball and cheerleading and pageants. Whoever came up with pageants is from the devil. I'm just going to say it right now. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, all right? I just felt hate come at me right there. Oh, man, I lost my daughter when my wife said, I want to enter her in a pageant. I thought, oh, my Lord, she's gone in Jesus' name. Just write down what it is that, that depletes you, what it is that sucks the life out of you. Just, just real quick. Now, for time's sake, I'm going to ask you to stop and look at me. Stop and look at me. You can finish this later today, and I'd encourage you to do that. When I ask somebody what depletes you, what sucks the life out of you, we all instantly know a list of things. But now I want you to take that same amount of time, those few seconds, and I want you to make a list beside that of the things that replenish you. Things that fill you back up. Come on, Tazewell. Come on, ladies. Think about that. Come on, online. Come on, Middlesbrough. What, what refills your tank? While you're doing that, I'll give you just a few of mine. Friday mornings, Maple Street Biscuit Company, Maple Coffee, my Bible, whatever book I'm reading, in a corner, by myself, just me and God at my thoughts. And I feel refreshed, hiking, hiking, walking. Can I, can I give you a sick one? This is probably a, a little, little twisted. But where we live, we have a mountain behind our house. And so our backyard makes this transition from, from backyard to mountain. And... I love cutting down trees. I know that's weird. But when you're a pastor, progress doesn't happen instantaneously. It's not quick enough. There's something about taking a chainsaw. I don't know if it's just the testosterone in me, but man, you hear that chainsaw roaring and you cut into something that took 50 years to grow and bam, that thing falls to the ground and I just feel full again, man. It excites me. My wife came out, let's see, I guess it was Wednesday, and I was cutting down a dead tree, and I mean, this thing looked like a redwood. It was huge. And as she was stepping out, it was starting to crack, and I said, oh yeah, move out of the way. I don't know, it might fall that direction. And she said, what is wrong with you? She actually gave me a little lecture last night. She said, aren't you tired? I said, of course I get tired. She said, well, why are you cutting down trees? I said, because believe it or not, as twisted as it sounds, it actually refreshes me. She said, you're sick. There's something wrong with you. 
But, but, so here's my, here's my ask, okay? This is why I'm asking you to do this. We know what drains us. We need to know what refills us. Now, I'm going to make a promise to you, okay? So listen, look at me. I would encourage you later today, by the list of things that refresh you, to write beside of each, of one, each one of those, I'm doing it, it's kind of hit and miss, I'm not doing it. And here's what you'll find. The more that you do the things that refresh you or replenish you, the more that you will work those things into your schedule, the healthier and happier you will be. And guess what? The health, healthier and happier everything around you will be. Oh, that's good. That's good. When I'm in a funk and, and I'm just not in a good place, I can always go to my list. I've got about 10 things that really refuel and refresh me. And some of them are just working on a motorcycle or taking a drive, you know, with my wife on a country road. And some of them are spiritual, spending some time away in prayer. But, but I notice the more I, I work those things into my schedule, the happier and healthier I am, the better my mind is. Because all of us are one step from crazy right now, Right? And the better and the healthier and the happier everything around me is. My family, the people I work with, everything, everything. So, let's go back to Mark chapter 6. I want you to think about this. Two things happened right after they paused to rest. Two things happened. You know what they were? I mean, like, as soon as they walked out of that season of rest... The second they came back to work, this is what happened. Number one, they fed the 5,000. And number two, Jesus walked on water. Here's what that tells me. Your greatest miracles are often on the other side of rest. In other words, you can do more if you'll take some time. That's the next one. You can do more if you will take some time to do less. The greatest miracles in their story happened on the other side of some rest. I'm going to prophesy right now over Shallow Church and over everything that you guys are doing, I'm going to make a declaration. On the other side of a few weeks of your pastor getting away, he's going to come back with fresh fire, with fresh vision. God's going to speak to him. You guys are going to have some uh, Chick-fil-A stories, right? You guys are going to have some, some fresh encounters with God. I believe that with all of my heart. If you'll pause to do less, you'll accomplish more on the other side of it. If you believe that, say amen. Like, I believe the best days are yet to come. I'm just going to go ahead and say, thank God for a third, fourth, fifth, sixth campus. Come on, Shiloh Church. Come on, thank God for a revival in Bell County and Claiborne County. Come on, church. The greatest miracles in our life are often on the other side of a moment of rest. Now, I want you to think with me. Psalm 23. Not going to be on the stage. You can, or not going to be on the screen, but you can write it down and look at it later. Psalm 23. We all know that psalm. 
Everybody's got a grandmother that's got it crocheted on a pillow or something on a sofa, right? Think about what Psalm 23 says, verse 1 and 3. The Lord is my shepherd. That means we're what? Sheep, sheep, sheep. The Lord is my shepherd. We're sheep. We shall not want. Think about this. He makes me lie down in green pastures, right? goes on to say, He restores my soul. There's a connection between rest and restoration. There's a connection. We talk about revival in the church all the time. You know there is a connection between rest and revival. Because you can't get a word from God or give a word from God until you get a word from God. And most of the time you can't get a word from God, a fresh word, unless you stop to rest. You know sheep can't rest. By nature, sheep cannot rest. Maybe it's because of the way they're made, they're kind of defenseless, right? So all the predators, is, it's always on their mind. And so sheep by nature are anxious. They don't have claws. They, 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 they don't have wings where they can fly away. They don't run fast. And so they're always looking over their shoulders, so to speak. They just can't rest. So conditions have to be perfect. For sheep to rest. Psalm 23 says, he's my shepherd. And because he's my shepherd, I can take a deep breath and I can. And if I refuse to, he will make me lie down. How many of you guys ever had the Lord to stop you? That's no fun. Thank you, Lord, for rest. Let me close this way. Um. For some of us, for some of us, our lack of rest might be that we're running from God. I remember what that felt like. I remember what, for 19 years of my life, I was young when I gave my heart to Jesus. It was March 15th, 1992, 31 years ago. So messed up, so tormented by so many things. I had ran from God so long. This is a true story. I could not, I could not look myself in the eye when I looked in the mirror. I hated who I'd become. I was tormented. And to be honest, I would have probably at different times during those last couple of years ended my life if, if, if it had not been for some question marks in my own heart about that. I was tormented and I was running I I for two years could not look at a church when I drove down the road I would act like I was looking for like my Bobby Brown cassette like where'd that cassette go come on somebody anybody grow up in the 80s like I know my sir mix a lot CD somewhere in here I would like not look toward a church I was that tormented March 15th 1992 I quit running and I said God I need you in my life I need, I need rest. If you're here today and you're away from God and maybe that's the source of your lack of rest, let me give you one more verse and we're going to pray. Jesus said, Come unto me, all you who labor and you're heavy laden, and I will give you 
rest. So if you're here today and you're away from God, I want to pray for you right where you are. I'm going to ask our worship team to come. and I want to ask everybody in the house, all the different places that are watching today, will you right now just bow your head with me and close your eyes? And I want to pray for you. If you're here today and you're away from God and today you need rest and today you say, I'm tired of running. Today I need, I need the kind of replenishing, the kind of refreshing, the refueling that you're talking about. I'm not going to embarrass you. That's not what we do here at Shallow Church. We don't embarrass people. We're in the business of restoring people's relationship with God. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm going to count to three. And if you're here and today you say, I want to give my heart to Christ. I'm away from God. I'm tired of running. I, I want to be saved today. I want to be born again. One, two, three. If that's you, raise your hand right now. That's me. That's me. One, two, three. Right now. I see, I see that hand. That's me, that's me, that's me. Come on, Tazwell. Come on, ladies at the detention center. Come on online. Thank you, thank you. All over the house, let's pray together. Pray this with us if you raised your hand. And all over the house, we're going to pray with you. Say, Lord Jesus, I need you in my life. My soul needs rest. God, forgive me of my sin. Wash me, make me clean. I give my life to you today. I make a new start. Today, I am choosing Jesus. And I'm leaving here different. In Jesus' name. The church said... Hey, can I tell you one more story? And then they're going to lead us in one more song. The other day I read a, a little entry from somebody's journal. A young man, he was 16 years old. And he wrote this in his journal. He said, today I went to church with my parents. And I heard the message of Jesus. And God touched my heart. The preacher invited people to receive Christ. And he said, so I went forward. He said, I prayed a prayer. He said, I did not feel anything. Yet, he said, I left believing everything changed. That 16-year-old boy was Billy Graham. And I tell you, if you raised your hand today, and you prayed that prayer, I believe what the Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Do you believe that, church? I said, do you believe that, church? Come on, do you believe that, church? Welcome to the family of God if you prayed with us. Hey, will you stand all over the house? And we're going to close out with one song. And then uh, Adam will come back up and close out the service. Thank you so much today for letting me be with you.
Praise. Yeah. Well, that was a good message on rest. I tell you, I need some rest from allergies. Anybody else in the house need some rest? Yeah, wow. God bless Appalachia, right? Whew. Listen, I want to talk to you for just a moment. If, if there was one, you raised your hand maybe today or maybe in the past few days or maybe it's been years and you've never took that next step to be water baptized, I just encourage you to take that step. Fill out that connection card, and we'll, we'll, we'll get in contact with you, and, and, and we'll celebrate you. You know, the Bible says that when, when someone gets saved, heaven erupts. Well, we want to erupt with you. We want to praise God and, 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 and just celebrate your decision. But we can't do that unless you get water baptized because we believe that salvation is a moment between you and God. That's why we don't call anybody up front. We'll never do that. But, but we encourage you to take that next step. And only in fact, I don't even pray about it because the Bible clearly stay, says to take that next step into water baptism. So I just encourage you to take that step, get water baptized, as we just, you know, we're here to link arms with you, to encourage you to take step after step, to get closer to God, get closer to God. So that's what we're trying to do. So, and that's the, the third Sunday, May 21st. So fill that connection card out and we'll, we'll, uh, We'll go swimming together, so let's do that, okay? Um, growth track, step one is today. If you've not been through growth track, strongly encourage you to get through there. We want to get you connected on a team and serving and doing what God has called you to do. That's, that's today. Step one, we'll feed you. We will take care of you after the second service. So growth track, track then. Um, summer Blast, June 6th through the 8th. We need volunteers for that, so... If you want to serve on there, on that, to uh, that's our like our VBS. We call it Summer Blast here at Shallow. So, if you have the opportunity and you enjoy kids, or maybe you don't even enjoy kids, we'll have you cooking or something. We we need your help though. So June sixth through eighth, you can get up with Trish Heron. She'll uh, she'll get you plugged in. Um, last thing before we go, the ushers will be at the back door to receive the offering. You can give there. You can give online. Or you can mail that in and try to make that easy as possible. So I just want to pray a blessing over all of you guys before we go. So if you would bow your heads. Lord, as we come to you, God, I thank you for each and every person here this morning. God, I pray that your blessings would be upon them, Lord. That, that your presence, God, would go before them, Lord. God, I pray that they would experience you in such a strong and mighty way, Lord. And we pray for this offering, Lord, that you would just bless it. That it would go out into the hills and to the hollows, Lord, God. That your gospel would be proclaimed, Lord, God. And, that, and they would receive and they would come and they would receive you and see you for who you truly are, that you don't want anything from them and you have everything for them. And so we bless that, Lord God, that your gospel will go forth, that the best days of our Appalachian region are ahead because of the hope in Jesus Christ that we have. In your name we pray. Amen. If you need prayer for anything, guys, I'll be up here. We'll be up here with the prayer team to pray over you and with you. If not, have a blessed Sunday and a blessed week, and we love you guys.